welcome to the Hustle and Bustle podcast. My name is Nicole Bennett and I'm an urban and regional planner and I'm the host of this podcast. Each episode, I bring you conversations with city shapers and thinkers, leaders in the field of urban planning and city building. I'm located here on the beautiful Gold Coast in Australia, where I host city for the Summer Olympics and Paralympics in 2032. The next 10 years is being described as a golden decade for our city and our region. The conversations on this podcast will help us understand the opportunities and challenges ahead. So please take a minute from your busy hustle and a bustle kind of day and let's have a great conversation. And welcome to episode five of the Hustle and Bustle podcast. So today I am joined by Mr. Josh Letty. Josh is an experienced principal planner with a demonstrated history of local and state government experience. He's skilled with urban planning and regional planning and he's an emerging leader, an aspiring MC and a professional speaker. And Josh, like me, has a young family, three young kids. How are you going, Josh? Are you surviving? Yes. Um, yeah, surviving so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And I, you've, you've almost uh, had children as close together as I have. So I, I feel for you. And we often speak about the difficulties, but also the, the beauty of having uh, sort of three young kids all going through that, that craziness together. Yeah, you're far bolder than me. I've got three under five, um, but you've got three under three, don't you? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes, you're I do. far bolder than me. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I look to you though, because you've you've at least survived five years of of this. So <laughs> I'm hopeful that I'll I'll do the same. I'm, I'm sure we will together. Um, so because of our our shared experiences, you know, we thought maybe today we would talk about um, experiencing cities as young adults and now young parents and how we see and view places and spaces quite differently. Um, our perspective really has changed now that we have to sort of venture out with these young people um, in our arms to, to sort of find somewhere that's safe and fun and, and convenient um, for everyone in the family. You know, we need to get coffee and, <laughs> and we need to be able to have a drink and, and we need them to be able to stretch their legs. Yeah, have and have a run social safely. life. Totally. So, totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and, and on that, the reason I really wanted to reach out to you, Josh, was because you started this interesting Facebook page that I've been following, which is called Ales and Ankle Biters. Can you tell me a little bit about the, the page and what inspired you to start it? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it really has nothing to do with planning, but it was just like a, a merging of two close interests of mine, uh, one craft beer and two um, my young family. Um, and... I just remember, you know, every time I wanted to go out, like you said, go out for a coffee or whatever, you 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 wanted to go have adult time, but, you know, you have to bring these little munchkins along with you. It was um, difficult to anticipate what that environment was going to be like when you get there. Like I really like, um, like many planners, going and seeing new places and experiencing new venues and all that. But, you know, there's this, like, element of unknown and I wanted to sort of, um, you know, element of unknown from like a, a safety and kid perspective, like how I don't want to be that parent that takes the kid there and ruins that basically pure adult environment with my um, crazy kids totally. running around. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that was kind of part of it. Um was going to these places, you know, take any opportunity to go to a brewery and, uh, you know, review them and basically find out whether or not, uh, you know, how safe they were or how, re you know, relevant they were for 
people with you. <laughs> case I'm in just, point. Yeah, case in point. I've just had, <laughs> just had one run up to me. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and just see basically how good they were for, you know, for whether it's a pure adult place or whatever it's for kids and yeah and you know you just look at from tiny details like how close it was to a road or was to run around or and all that and yeah like I sort of utilized all my experiences as a you know planner and a bit of urban design and and all this that really like helped me sort of analyze the spaces um and you know uh of course I'll take any opportunity to go see a brewery um, and, and sample a couple of craft beers and, you know, a plate of hot chips or two or pizza. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of why I started up that page. And, you know, it seems to be fairly well um, received. Oh, like yeah. Like all these, m- more than just mothers, you know. <laughs> like Absolutely. It was just like, like f- there's similar parents to me. Like just like, yeah, I love to go for a beer. I want to take my kids because they're, they're part of, of my life and um yeah i want to take them to a place where it's responsible you know where i can let down my hair let down my guard a little bit um and yeah have a good time you know and not not be an irresponsible parent <laughs> to to the kids <laughs> but also to the to the other adults around them totally <laughs> and i think i've seen an emergence of some of these commercial premises that are catering more to children which is great to see oh. you know and i loved how you gave a rating for kids and a rating for adults. So, and in some of them, it was very clear that sort of that commercial offering, you know, was very tailored to, to a child, but maybe the, the food and the beer wasn't really up to scratch, you know, and so we, you sort of have to sacrifice sort of what we wanted to do for the benefit of the kids. And then it was definitely, there was a vice versa as well, which was some of those more trendy. Don't take the kids. (laughs) Yeah. Some of those more trendy places that have the great offering for, for the adults, um, really don't cater for those children. So, um, yeah, I just thought it was so, oh, it was so pertinent and I was really sort of hanging on each review that you, you came forward with. Yeah, well, I've got, um, been quite kind of busy and haven't been able to get back to it. Um, yes, yes. Well, we so, both had, we both had children, um, yes, in the that's last right. year. <laughs> yeah, the third one, the third one through the spanner in the works, so. It does. That's commercial spaces. Have you thought about um, expanding that page or anything about kind of those outdoor play spaces? Have you sort of, um, is there a need to kind of review those? Because I know that's very hit and miss when we go to different, you know, parks and playgrounds around the place. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really um, want to go that way, um, partly because I think there's already quite a lot of off out there like um i think there was especially in southeast queensland there was like a a brisbane sort of kids page where it has like unbelievable unbelievable sort of followers like a couple hundred thousand followers and yeah they review play spaces and and stuff like that and i think that was actually kind of the inspiration it was like well yeah they they go off and review these playgrounds and parks and how great they were um, and sort of analyze them a bit more. And yeah, I wanted to sort of take it to the more adult, adult spaces, you know. Um, and that's what I've sort of found, um, you know, as a planner, I guess we can both sort of reflect on that is that, you know, cities are not child friendly, you know, not, you know, there's elements of cities that are child friendly, but you go into a CBD and they're, tip, they're not very child friendly. They're, the, the, the parks and plazas and open spaces, wonderful 
you know, from a cultural perspective or a sort of aesthetics perspective, you know, I'm th- sort of thinking of places like King George Square in Brisbane, um, you know, wonderful places to sort of sit and enjoy. But anyone has young kids, kid- kids don't sit and enjoy, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, give them a minute and they're off, you know, and they're going to find that ledge, you know, the, the, the sort of chink in the armour of the sort of, um, <laughs> of the of your risk profile or your risk, you know, risk radar as a parent. Um, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, but, you know, cities are not kid-friendly for a reason, you know. They're commercial hubs, you know, like they're office spaces and retail and, you know, all that. Um, but, yeah, like the... So that that's why you know you'll you'll see lots lots of people just obviously congregating around you know kid kid friendly parks in the suburbs and not not so much in the more inner city parts. Um, yeah, you know obviously that. Sorry, I know it's a bit of a blanket statement, but yeah, like you know there still are parts of Brisbane city you know for example that do have parks and I know there's like a really fantastic one in the botanic gardens but yeah it's fairly hard to find you know a a couple and you know they might either just be grassed or they're paved yeah and they're super busy on the weekends like I think on the Gold Coast you know we have we are lucky enough to have a I guess a handful of really great parks. Um, mm. you know, they're, they're more, they're more those city-wide type parks, like Broadwater Parklands. Um, there's a new one in Narain called Country, Country Paradise or Country Parklands, which is great as well. Um, there's a great one in Broadbeach, but yeah, they're super busy on the weekends and, yeah. um, and, I guess. And even like reflecting on last year, like with, with sort of lockdowns and, you know, we're still in the midst of social distancing. You go to these sort of major parks and there'd be thousands of people there and you sort of, you're, the hackles on the back of your neck sort of go up a little bit yeah. with the, you're like, you're like, oh man, like, you know, is this really a good spot? To, to be taking, you know, a couple of kids that you just want to let loose and run amok. And, totally. Um, Especially because we yeah. know what the, you know, coming out of all the flu season, we're both we're just chatting mm. about how everyone's been sick for so long. It, it's sort mm. of you don't want to be exposing them to all of that, that if you can avoid it uh, yeah. <laughs> as well. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, they just want to be up and be up in everything, you know. Like I, every every time you see those sort of street gyms, my kids are all over them, you know, like in their <laughs> with in their, their tongues. <laughs> yeah, <ugh. laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'll, yeah, <laughs> they, they could be getting their tongues on there. <laughs> I know my two, my two, the twins lick things, which is you know, it's all part of being a kid. Yes, you know, that you exactly with, how it looks. <laughs> you explore it with all of your senses, don't you? It's like, oh gosh, really? Yeah. yeah. But so, um, what's your experience in what, like, what do you think makes a successful outdoor like play area for a child? Like what sort of some of the success bits for you? Yeah, um, like, I, yeah, I, I, it's a bit, there's the typical playgrounds and, 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 and whatnot where you can take them. They're, they're fairly well designed from like, a, you know, there's been a landscape design or something like that, and they've been fairly well designed. But, you know, there's some really fantastic ones that I've seen that um, they, they obviously look and feel expensive, but, you know, they're on the sort of, um, cutting edge and I remember um, like I've, I've seen sort of an increase in this organic um, sort of park design um, like I, I was in a park down in Sydney it was in Centenary Park which is just an enormous 
park in Sydney. Um, like it's a, like it's almost a suburb in its own right. Um, but yeah, there was like a, like a super, you know, basically garden park and, you know, there was hundreds of people there. This is all pre-COVID that when I went there, um, yeah, and it was just hustling and bustling with, um, pun intended, uh, with, you know, kids and adults and it was just full of just, it was like a little wonderland, basically, yeah, like cool. bamboo forests and mounds, you know, grass mounds with like wildflowers on it and like little paths and, you know, rock, rock pool, like those little, have you seen those, um, they're like the rock creeks and yes. you know, kids can sort of stand at one end and pump water and yeah, they can just play. And I find that, that you know, that organic and unstructured play is just so um, attention-grabbing, um, especially for boys. Um, like, I've got three boys. Um, boys, like, you know, you, maybe you can reflect on your your girls, but, like, boys are just so outdoorsy and, like, so sensory-oriented, you know? Like, yeah. they're just craving things all the time, and, you know, they love getting in to the sand, to the rocks, moving mulch, you know. Gardening at my place is is the worst because it's constantly <laughs> moving stuff. But, yeah, the, these, these, you know, nature play, organic, unstructured play environments are just um, amazing because every time they go there, that landscape could have changed because of the last kids, yeah. you know, that were there. Um but also, yeah, it's just like it's a um, hugely imaginative experience for them um, and, you know, can still be safe. You know, it doesn't have – there's only so many times you can go down a slide. Um, well, maybe this is me speaking as an adult. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That surely you're going to get lose your interest. So, yeah. um, you know, it's important yeah. to have those sort of quintessential ones there. Yeah, I agree. We have the same experience. So yeah, like we the we went to one which was yeah the Narang Parklands, and it's great. It's got that rocked creek bed with the pumping water. And we were there yesterday. It was a bit um a bit a bit warmer than it has been previously. Mm. Um, and you know there was kids going under this shower. It's sort of a pumping shower. Um, and some other twins were there, and it was quite funny. They're a bit younger than my two, and they. Were, two boys and they're just running under it and their mum's just looking at them, shaking her head because yeah. <laughs> wasn't anticipating that level of water play for the day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, they, there's a whole playground, you know, there's all the slides and there's all the, all the bits and pieces that you would normally have, swings and everything, but like 80% of the kids are in this, cr- like, creek bed, you know, yeah, walking through it. Water. Yeah, going. Mm. But, and it, most of it's dry. They're just, like, moving mm. these kind of rocks and they, like, yeah, pumping the water. They're, like, putting the rocks mm. in the water. They, like, going under the bridge. They, like, climbing onto the bridge. You know, it, it's um, it's very stimulating for them. So, And you, you also sort of mentioned to me about accessibility of place and how important kind of the accessibility of, of playgrounds and parks are. Could, could you just speak more to that? Yeah. Um, yeah, like, it's I – I was reading – um, a couple of things in, I guess, research and leading up to this discussion we're going to have. Um, yeah, like I, I and, and it's sort of what resonated with me. I found this, there was like a child-friendly urban design book, um, which I'm sure we can put the link up 
somewhere. Um, yeah. But yeah, they sort of like did a case study in Eindhoven and Jerusalem, you know, so two quite different places in the world. Um, but yeah, they kind of said um, one of their findings was in these um, cities, in their, in their suburbs with these parks, like it didn't really matter like sort of how good or how many parks there were, um, it, it, what the, the the ones that were sort of frequented more by the, you know, had greater volumes of kids were ones that were highly accessible from, you know, nearby areas. So yeah. it actually makes quite a lot of sense, for like from a basic urban design perspective, you know, have highly accessible, you know, safe parks. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think one of the other things from this book that I was reading was, you know, they were saying like from the safety perspective, you know, the number one big, you know, big issue is obviously traffic, yeah. traffic and cars and um, um, safety and accessibility. But yeah, like they, they have those flow on in, um, positive impacts for kids getting, uh, kids and families utilising public spaces more. Yeah, totally. And I think it's interesting because in my mind there seems to be a bit of a conflict between accessibility and safety. I remember um, Mitchell Silver, who's the um, New York um, Parks Commissioner, he sort of came to some planning institute conferences and he shared with us an initiative that they were putting forward, which was um, parks with no boundaries. So it was about removing kind of boundaries or, board, no, sorry, parks with no borders. So it was removing borders so that, and really it was like big high fences, chain wire fences that have been built around many of New York City's parks, um, ripping down these huge, you know, fairly ugly looking um, structures so that people could access parks easier um, because, you know, he was finding, and, and it did, it, he did that and he proved sort of over time how these parks were way more frequented by, you know, young people, old people, you know, a range of different user groups just because they could access these parks a lot easier. They'd actually mm. walk in there and it actually improved the kind of the set-ted safety, you know, because mm. if you're sort of feeling unsafe in a, in a confined space that's kind of fenced off, um, you know, you, you do tend to sort of, um, you know, get a bit more concerned than if you can kind of easily, you know, move, move in and out of that space. Um, but in my mind, you know, safety for kids is containing them, you know. Yeah, so that's right. I, I like to go to places that are, they're yeah. a bit more fenced and a bit more secure, especially with three, you know, under three, they're all moving, they're all going in different directions. Mm. You know, I, I can't keep my eye on them, all three of them constantly. So I need to know that yeah. they are sort of, and I know that Mitch did sort of have areas within parks that were, you know, safe that for young children. It was just about, you know, and maybe there'd be a much lower fence, you know, so that maybe adults could step over it or, or easily get into it. But yeah, it was just removing borders around big parks was his sort of mm. initiative. But yeah, there's an interesting dynamic there between accessibility and safety, I think. Mm. Yeah, like the, those park benches you see at the parks, you know, the kids parks for the adults that you, you, re you regularly see, see like quite an exhausted parent you know, <laughs> taking some sort of like a moment of, of um, zen, just like, oh, goodness, <laughs> you know, like, but they need to have that degree of, you know, sense of safety totally. to do that. Um, yeah, like I've got a couple near me where the road, you know, the park and the road, you know, the actual 
playground is, is quite close to the road. And they put up like a maybe a 1.5 metre fence. It looks like that pool fencing, quite transparent. Yeah. Um, you know, but has that, um, it's not so authoritarian as like, you know, six foot chain wire fence or anything like that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it has, you know, it it has the effect of you know keeping the kids contained, not going near the road, um, but yeah, um, yeah that that actually is a really great park. It's sort of right on a um, stormwater. This is what I'm sort of seeing in in a lot of sort of urban and regional cities is the those stormwater drain drainage yeah. reserves and like you know um, renovating them for obviously stormwater purposes and flooding purposes. But while they're, while they're there, they're like, let's make these places beautiful. Like, thank goodness, you know, like yeah, grass. Yeah, that's right. Grass 80 metre wide, you know, reserves were just such underutilised spaces. And now they're making them fantastic and, you know, great for that organic unstructured play peppered in with, you know, active transport corridors um, for, you know, cyclists and, and runners and stuff like that. And then, yeah, throw in a couple of playgrounds and, yeah, some toilets. And, yeah, you've got a – you've basically had a super underutilised real estate in a city completely, you know, changing the way a community sees that space. Um, yeah, I've got a couple near me. They're fantastic. And, you know, I've seen that not just in, you know, Brisbane, um, <clears throat> in Toowoomba as well. They were doing some great job, uh, great work up there with – um, renovating those stormwater corridors. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah, absolutely fun places to go for adults and youngins. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's a, that's a great overview. I think on the park space, and yeah, it, I mean, I think there's a lot of lessons around the world, and and we're definitely doing those better. But I wonder, I wonder around streets. You know, I don't think, in, in my mind at least, we've made as much progress in designing streets for children and making them a safe place. I know you did touch on, um, you know, kind of road traffic and and that, Mm -hmm. you know, I think I read somewhere that the leading cause of death for young people is is traffic, you know, crashes and and issues around traffic. So, you know, I wonder with with streets and, and, you know, children walking to school or, you know, just just walking generally um, out the front of their homes, you know, how, how do we kind of do that better? Yeah, well, I guess, like, I've just seen, you know, like, we were talking more about parks and stuff like that. You know, that's that's the default you think of for kids, you know, yeah. families and stuff like that. Just go there, you know, go yeah. there and do your thing and go back home, you know. Um, you know, it was interesting last year, in the last 18 months, you know, spending more time at home, working from home, you're out and about, Um you know, in between work from home breaks and stuff like that, walking the dog and the kids. But I, I had seen that the that the the street space was starting to be taken over more and more by kids. Um, you know, you see that in that classic cul-de-sac design where you see, you know, the kids will be playing at the sort of the head of the cul-de-sac and you, you might see bikes and basketball hoops and chalk on the ground like i think you know as much as the cul-de-sac design is quite controversial that element of it that community building feature is like an absolute bonus like an absolute like great piece of value um and yeah i saw that same kind of value flowing out onto just normal residential streets 
um, during, you know, lockdowns and, um, you know, the not lockdowns, but the, you know, the sort of, the, the, where everyone was back in the suburbs, basically. Yeah. And yeah, like there was chalk on, like kids were getting out there every day, drawing wonderful pictures and writing lovely words, like kind words, like keep on going or mask up or whatever. And like, you know, there was just really, um, wholesome, yeah. like little messages and feeling and, I saw that throughout my suburb. Like I live on the south side of Brisbane, um, and I've seen that sort of in a few places. And it's just such a lovely community-building feature um, where you sort of go, "Oh, there are kids here," and you know, who knows? Maybe in the back of your head that when you when you're driving around that your suburbs um, that you'll you do feel a bit more connected with the community and knowing that there are plenty more kids around. And you know, who knows? You might go a bit slower or um, you know, might think of another way to get to wherever you're going, you know, whether it be on foot or on bike or um, whatever. Um, but, yeah, like, I, that's that's probably one of the reflections I had in the last sort of year was how much, um, uh, you know, you know how, how much the community had changed from home, but especially from the kids' perspective, like seeing more kids out, like seeing more kids on scooters and bikes and that. It's more probably the front of your brain, not at the back of your brain. Maybe the front of your brain that the that there's there are lots of kids around and it's a lot easier to see them. And kids just want to play, you know. So yeah. we were talking about parks and making those sort of interesting and and just sort of um, you know giving them a sort of almost a blank canvas to sort of do what they want and play how they want. And and streets really give them that, but you know we we see it as a really unsafe place and even a unclean place you know um and and if we can sort of take back reclaim some of that land and that space for our kids to play and build that community with our neighbors and yeah the cars do slow down when they're in and around those sorts of local areas particularly um i think i think it's a benefit for everyone you know i think i read somewhere that if you design streets for kids you design streets for everyone you know Mm, Um, such a good one yeah and making them Mm. interesting welcoming um, you know, all of the colour that comes with, um, you know, kids, they love they love colour, they love something that intrigues them, um, sensory yeah. items. Yeah, like it's almost like a, a classic trope of planning, like these places, but they're so detached from other parts, you know, like having that park and it's like, oh, no, that's zoned for that park or that, that park's over there so we don't really need to do anything else, you know, and there's a street network that will just organically you know connect to it and everyone will be fine um but it's like no like we that um you know like that that's fine um but you know we're almost alienating those other spaces you know like like the street space like that is public space um you know but we're almost sort of saying no that's just for cars you know that's just for utility for driving and going places really fast and a really heavy piece of machinery but yeah like the the moment the kids um you know families start sort of reclaiming that street space you're getting a bit more of a healthier you know relationship with that space um and, and its use and man who knows like geez it would be great if there would be some like longer term benefits it's like you know people have a much better appreciation of you know the, the quality of the spaces around them um and maybe you know might affect their behaviors driving or whatever, uh, you know, utilising other transport modes, you know, more easily or something like that. So, um, 
But yeah, it was interesting you said just before, like, I, f- I find that with, um, with parks. Well, just anything. Well, kids, kids are craving, you know, experience, you know, and skill development. You know, they don't say that. <laughs> but they, <laughs> Hi, Dad, I want to develop yeah, my skills today. <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah, I've got this performance review coming up, Father, and, you know, I would really like to work on ball handling. You know, like, that's... Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yes, I, yeah, we'll, we'll allocate three months for that. You know? <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I think that really, that wraps it up so well that um, you know, I think we need to see the world through our kids' eyes. And if we do see the world through our kids' eyes, we will hopefully design spaces that are less structured, more delightful, uh, more welcoming, slow people down, build community. You know, these are all kind of aspirations for healthy, sustainable, resilient communities that we all want to mm. live, play and work in, you know. So, um, but that, that chat has been absolutely wonderful, Josh. And that's all we have time for in those little gems and sort of hopefully some of the experiences that we've shared can can help our community understand um, sort of the battles that we go through every day having yeah. young kids. <laughs> right. No, thanks for having me. I look forward to, you know, whatever topics, you know, that we could chat about again in the future. Absolutely. And thank you for tuning in to the Hustle at Bustle podcast this week. Um, I really appreciate all your support. Continue to uh, like and subscribe to this podcast. It helps others find out about us, which helps me get some great guests along. You can also follow me on Instagram, hustle underscore bustle underscore podcast. I'll make guest announcements there, and that's where I'd like you to provide any input or feedback on these episodes. That's all for today. Uh, Thanks for listening again. I'll catch you next time. See you later. 